Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies, where we talk about Star Trek loudly and at great length. I am your host, Corrine, joined by co-host Kim. Hello. And co-host Ari. And I'm back in second position. Well, I was kind of getting, like, my neck was getting a bit crick because, you know, first I gestured to Kim with my head, and then I gestured to Ari with my head, and I thought I would mix it up, and then I was like, you know what? It feels better. Go left, go right. Kim and Ari has a better ring than Ari and Kim. It's just not... It's true. Says you. It's true. Ari and Kim... Kim mm-hmm. and Ari. Yeah, it's Kim flowing. and Ari. It flows Kim and Ari. better. Mm-hmm. Kim and Ari. Anyway. Yeah, so welcome to... Season 2, Episode 19, A Private Little War, or as I like to call it, Guns, Germs, and Blue Steel. Also, (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) Oh my god. I have broken Kim, which I'm proud about. And the one that you guys wouldn't get but was funny for me was uh, Pocahontas Vampire Weekend. What? Vampire Weekend is a band, and Pocahontas Vampire is the weird, sexy wife slash native lady stereotype. (laughs) Oh, you called her Pocahontas? Pocahontas Weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Pocahontas Vampire Weekend. Oh, okay, yes. It's very funny. All right, I will take your word for it. If it's a band, I know nothing about it. That's what I thought. So, yeah, this episode was originally pitched and written as a Vietnam analogy. I did. That was obviously lost in the rewrite, guys, because I did not get that. No, it came off more as a Cold War arms race. Yeah, and that the arms race was a good thing, because as long as they both had the same amount of weapons, then they couldn't kill all of them. Well, yeah, his solution was basically M.A.D., yeah, but, mad, but I do feel that Kirk... It was mad, Kim. It, it was, was mad. It was mad. I do feel that Kirk sort of delivered his speech and then ended with a, maybe, question mark? You know what? I actually didn't, like, I. Sh- this was all terrible ideas on all sides from the very beginning to the very end, but I thought that it was actually, per- like, delivered to us pretty well. I don't know that there was honestly, a, I, I was so angry with Kirk and I'm like, God, your chest is glistening so sexily right now. I have to really focus on what you're saying. What's coming out of your mouth, I don't like. Like, no. I'm interested from the chin down on you. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, and what possible solution could you offer otherwise? Yeah. I don't like that it's essentially, well, if everyone has guns and they can't all gun each other to death. Well, America, well, I was going to give a more salient detail, but just America, I feel like that's enough of an argument on its own, actually. Well, also kind of like, I guess, but it's not a colonial... There's a saying uh, that is repeated in a couple of Robert Heinlein books, which I thoroughly disagree with, but several of his fictional societies are very obsessed with, which is an armed society is a polite society, has not generally been shown to be the case in reality. I don't know, Kim, did you feel like it was a good... I I don't like the solution. I cannot figure out if there's another way to do it once you have a society that is armed, has the knowledge of how to arm themselves at any time. Um, I think that's a good question, and I think that's the question that I came out of the, yeah. out of the episode thinking about. And then, like, it's this is a question that still applies today. Is world disarmament a possibility? Mm-hmm. Well, the like, thing... And so I think that I think that the episode did a really, really good job of posing this question. Yeah, that was what was so weird about this episode, is it was an episode that actually had a comprehensible thesis statement question and actually explored it. 
Yeah. But, and it came to no answer. And, yeah, and it that, did that, no. that I love. They came to the end, and Kirk was just like, I don't know what the fuck to do. This world that I really liked is ruined. And yes. these people have been ruined. It was sort of like, the genie's out of the bottle, you can't put it back in. Yeah. Yeah, and, and very much so. Like, once they have the knowledge of how to arm themselves, you can't take that out of their brains, and they're not going to not use that no. to oppress and kill other people there and get this, all their territory and land. There's this like, moment where, when Kirk and Bones are, like, in the forge, yeah. and they're, like, looking for, like, proof, it's like, well, A, they have a forge, and they were Bronze Age the last time you were here, so, Yeah. And I actually had this sort of like, oh, well, they have the information, they have the knowledge, it's too late. Yeah. It doesn't it matter who gave late. it to them, it doesn't matter how they got it, they have it. And I don't think, and what what the episode pauses is that once one group has the advantage technologically, and what we've seen through the history of colonialism is that they will exploit that until they are boss of the other people by mm-hmm. sheer dint of having the... I guess, dumb luck to come up with that invention first. Yes. And then when a larger power in the world has this kind of weapons or has this kind of power, all of the smaller powers are going to scramble to catch up by any means necessary. Because if they don't, they get stamped out of existence. Well, if you think about the British experience in Africa, we will win and they will not because we have the Gatling gun and they do not. Mm-hmm. It, it's as simple as that. It essentially, like, human beings cannot help themselves, is that once they have that slight advantage, they are going to exploit that advantage. And so, that was why the beating home of the Garden of Eden yes. message over and over again. And for once, I actually think they picked a really <laughs> good mythological call-out. Yeah. That was the thing, is with this episode, I really liked all the messaging. It was great they messaging. Did a good it was. job. It was not a good... It was kind of a garbage episode. It was... <laughs> Garbage from top to bottom, and we need to talk about Pocahontas. And again, I need to stop calling her Pocahontas because yeah, like, let's not do that again. It, it was very much like, oh, she's the sexy seducer from. I feel like she was all of those. She, she's literally a witch. Yeah. She's from the witch species. Yes. I was for yes. a while calling her witchy bell bottoms. I, I there just, was a lot of bell bottom action. Mm-hmm. I just called her wife because, like, most Name's of the time. Nona. I know her name's Nona, but I didn't figure that out until, like, halfway through the came episode. In so late. But she's, I feel like she's, again, a lot of those stereotypes of Oh, that. hell yeah. She yeah. is she portrayed is, as being very power-hungry and, like, find the solution to this is to beat them, whereas her husband's like, or we could just not kill each other. You know what? I For all of her general awfulness in framing... She had some solid arguments. Well, that's because she was trying to steal the weapons and go back to the hill people. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I, there was a lot going on with her that I could have done without. Yeah. But we will get to that because it makes more sense in context. Yeah. Um, so context, who needs context? So I have a question though. Um, they initially come to this planet, back to this planet because we get told in the very beginning, that Kirk was here, what, 12, 13 years ago? 17. 13, sorry. 13, 13 years ago. As a baby ago. lieutenant. As a cutie lieutenant on when his they did first science mission. a planetary survey where he met one of the hill people. Um, oh, Tyree. 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 But the only reason they Chief came back... Chief Blondwig. Yes. Oh, God. Chief Blondie. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, again, bad wigs. Bad wigs. Uh-huh. Bad wigs for all. Bad Everyone gets their around. own bad wig. It's like, yeah. this was the planet of bad wigs. Yes. It is. That seems to be their, like, species distinctor. Yeah, and again, like, going back to that Vietnam 
illusion they're supposed it was supposed to be more and i'm going to throw some quotation marks on this mongolian influence but how i read it was very much like riffing on stereotypes of first nations people as kind of simple and innocent and untouched by civilization deep green ecology nonsense yeah exactly like that's what you got the sense one with nature exactly like whatever that never existed hunters and gatherers have never killed another being like that that was how I read that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, bad. And that all it took days. for one of those groups to turn on them was the knowledge of how to do it. Yes. Which I also take issue with, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So they're only on this planet because this planet has amazing herbs and roots for it's medical got purposes. Some good it is lousy herbs. with medicinal herbs. Coming right after the last episode, where Bones was literally he was denied the chance to go and do so, like death science. Yeah, yes. seeing his joyful like romping on the planet, it's like I get to do these science. Roots, these roots are so cool. Okay, but here's this the is thing. like taking a kid for ice cream when they don't get to go to the show. Here's the thing. Mm. All of those plants, you could actually see that they've been pulled out of pots. Yep. Like the planters that you get from the greenhouse and just kind of like plonked on the ground. You can see the outlines of the pot, like <laughs> yep. the pots themselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Set dressers, give your head a shake, give the plant a shake, and it will look <laughs> a little bit more organic. Mm. But he's super thrilled about these. He keeps calling them organic compounds. I'm like, God damn it, they're plants. Just say plants. They probably contain organic, organic compounds. We all contain organic compounds. Well, yes. Plants. Sure. Call anyway. them plants. It's life. What? So, uh, Bones is digging up fake plants. and He's not even Spock digging. All he has to do is look at them. Like, fondling oh, fake plants. Pick it up. Um, and Kirk and Spock are off looking for the inhabitants, which seems odd because they're not supposed to be, like, contact having contact it's with them. It's not the inhabitants that they're taking a look for. It's for the gamatos. Oh, the monsters? Yeah, the that's gamatu. what they're looking for. The gamatu. I what? think. I'm pretty sure. The white Oh, they're, they're Magatu. The Gamatos the is what they were originally called in the script, but apparently, uh, uh, not Nimoy. Shatner? Not Shatner. DeForest Kelly could not pronounce that in the same way twice. So it's... <laughs> so they had to change it right. to Magatu. Yes, the Space Yeti. Yeah, Space okay, Yeti. Okay, it's a... Yeti that had sex with a unicorn that then had sex with a dinosaur. <gasps> yeah, because it yes. has those awesome spikes. It's got but a that's horn and tell. spikes. Yeah, but that's how you can tell it's a space Yeti rather than a regular Earth Yeti crane. It has spikes. That, I feel like that must have been our favorite weird mime artiste. Oh, yeah. The one Probably. who did the uh, silicon base. And then humped monster. a secretary during an audition. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that was him because the, the physicality on that, I will admit, was also the very screen. good and very convincing. The scream oh, was genuinely disturbing. And when, when that it, popped out, I I did. Holy gasp. shit! When did it like mauled Kirk? Yeah, yeah that, that was, was like, like holy crap, peril, <laughs> scary. Yeah, it was good. Like yeah. it, it was no Gorn. Um, I will say though that the impression that I got once we meet Tyree, yeah, is it Tyree knows Kirk is from space? Oh yeah, oh, yeah he, he, does. he does. He does. He does. Because yeah. what I. I had I built a very brief headcanon when we were watching this oh episode. Boy. Very brief. That um something he did something stupid and got caught by the Hill people. And probably this is not the first time Kirk has injured himself on an away mission. Um, but for whatever reason he had to tell Tyree so that he could live among them and observe. Because part of the reason they were there. Well, because later we see them building like those archaeologist archeolog- blinds on 
pre-war Which planets. Are very cool. They are very cool. But I guess before they did that, they actually sent people down to pretend they were part of the pre-war civilization because that seems to be what he did. He lived with them for a time. Mm. And for whatever reason, he told Tyree about him. Clearly was not supposed to because he made him, sw- he swore him to secrecy. No, I think that was to protect the rest of the mm-hmm. civilization from being, yeah. like, quote-unquote, contaminated yeah. by outside influence. Little Kirk... Um, love this planet. He calls it his little garden of eating, except for the giant, like, dinosaur yeti that's just kind of going around mauling people with its poison fangs. Well, I mean, to be fair, like, Earth is kind of idyllic once you get to the forest, but it is full of bears bears and lions. What part of the forest is idyllic? It's full of, like, bugs. I would have just, like, bears exist. Yeah. But, like, it's the same thing. Yeah, but there's also ways to avoid that. Otherwise, humanity never would have, you know, survive or build bread and, and it seems like i mean to be fair the only person in this episode who gets mauled slash poisoned by a space yeti is kirk and the girl yeah well yeah. she gets murdered yeah. by one no 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 she, she gets, gets stabbed like, stabbing oh that's right she gets yeah she gets attacked but only like in a ladylike fashion yeah. mostly she just rides on the ground as a form of self-defense she rides for a really long time yeah. like pick yourself up honey like her, yeah. her method of, of avoiding attack was just sort of like throwing herself to the side and screaming yeah uh, we'll get to that yeah anyways yeah so kirk is all about the civilization they have bows and arrows but they don't fight amongst themselves. Again, it's kind of like weird infantilization of yeah. pre-technological civilizations. Like, I find it awfully hard to believe that they never has fight. no fighting in and yeah. amongst themselves. Like, like the fact, just the fact that you have two different cultures in close proximity to each other, there would be conflict. Yeah, no. the fact that they've divided themselves up into, like, brunette town folks <laughs> and blonde hill people. Yeah. And witches, don't forget. Oh, and witches. witches. And witches, yeah. And witches way- to the east. Yeah. Plus, like, the fact that they have two different levels of three, three, if you count the witch people, yes. Although they kind of sounded like nomads or something. Still count. Yeah, well. But, like, we have the hill people who are sort of Bronze Age, and the rest of them are, like, they have villages, which are way beyond Bronze Age. Yeah, but I think that's supposed to be because of the interference. Yeah, but that's, like, 17, 13 years of of advancement, and they have, like, like, Dobbin, well, no, it was, like, it was, like, tile-roofed villages. That's yeah. a crazy... Although, to be fair, they address that because everyone's sort of minding their own business and all of a sudden, they hear gunshots. It's awesome because Kirk's like, yes, the bows and arrows, the simple So people. idyllic, shut up. And then they hear an actual gun and they're like, oh. That doesn't They walk seem over right. and see people with flintlocks, which is, according to Kirk, very impossible. Well, it is. I looked it up, and all of their figures were pretty much correct, because later on they actually have that talk about how far between the level the hill people were mm. and flintlocks, and it's, it's crazy. Like, it's, it's like 12 jump. centuries. So I think Kirk was actually quite right. He's yeah, like, that's mm, totally bullshit. nuts. It's like if you went back to Roman times and someone Gave was them carrying guns. around a Walkman. Yeah. Yeah. But... Kim, let's take a moment. Let's discuss the Hill People's outfits. So much skins. So <laughs> many skins. Yeah, so there's definitely, like, the skin for Miles Club. Yeah. And then the, I don't even know what to call it. I call like, them the linens and the leathers. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that's very good. Right? Because, yeah. like, all of the Hill Damn. People are wearing, like, animal skin vests and pants. And Lots of vest action. Mm-hmm. With, like chest ties instead of like they they haven't even technologically like invented buttons yet (laughs) they're still using like laces but they had seeming I mean I don't want to call you guys out costumers but that doesn't make any sense 
Why couldn't you have a seam and well, a button? Well, well, why wouldn't you have buttons? Good part. I guess it was sexier that way. It and was. if you're trying to like continue the people, you want people to be like as horny as possible all the time. Well, considering there was only apparently one woman on this just whole the planet. one, yeah, just there the were, one. There were some ladies among the hell people. I don't remember seeing dead any. silence. Nothing. Well, it's my job to look for them, so I don't remember seeing a single one. I saw two. So two for an entire plus village. Nona. No wonder the other like brunettes are. They there there is stuff later in the episode with like oh it's a woman I need to chew on her hair like yeah, yeah. it was gross yeah but the, yeah it's a lot of skins a lot of skins and I can't I have to go back to the wigs the wigs are so bad everyone's wigs are it's like they've taken like a giant wig and chopped smaller wigs <laughs> off of it. <laughs> And One they, wig and the wig's babies. And they don't so much sit on their heads as hover about three inches yeah. over yeah. their skulls. Every like, time it one is of these, poor fitting. Every time one of these people started doing anything vaguely athletic, I was really afraid that the thing was just going to like fall off there their heads and we we're all going to stand and look least, at it for 30 seconds. There's definitely at least one bit during that last fight where not Tyree, but the only other male... Hill people villager who talks gets up and his wig's sort of like two inches to the left of where it was because it's further away from his little forehead star. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They, they, all have stars. they all have glittery forehead stars. Except the witch lady who's got a gold moon on her cheek. I feel like she is for sure a hippie. <laughs> like she's got Oh, should we should we spoil let's talk about her outfit. <gasps> let's Every talk about her time outfit. she came on screen, I'm like, oh, we need to talk about her <laughs> outfit. Okay. To start with, she is wearing a cropped vest of orange shag. It carpet. looks like she skinned yes. a Muppet. Yes. yes. It's exactly looks yes. like she or skinned two a Muppet. Little Muppets and oh. then put them directly over her boobs and then like we'll figure out the rest. When yeah. Ari and I were in high school, we had a friend named Jamie and a friend named Keith, and they both had cars, and they both had shag interior of the cars, and Keith's was blue and Jamie's was tan. This vest looks like it was made from the same kind of material, it but probably it was. It looks like it's like legit. the costuming fur. It looks like shag carpet. It is upholstery. And the color yeah. of orange can only be described as like... It's like hot 90s. It's like hunter orange. Like that orange that you wear in the forest so you can be seen and you don't get shot. Which, for people who are well, primarily like... she didn't like... get shot. <laughs> no, she did not get shot. I'm trying to remember exactly how... She stabbed to death. Yeah. Was she? Yeah. yeah she was stabinated. By a villager. Her murderation oh. was a stabination. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Then... So anyways, moving down. She has a belly button. Whoa! Oh, that's right. I was really shocked. Did we she, see her belly button? She has got a belly button. Her belly yeah. button exists. It is a piece of her anatomy that is visible at all times. Oh my goodness, how risque. Yeah. And moving further down from that... She's wearing... Oh my god. Okay, so these were leather low-ride pants. Like, do you remember the, in the early They were hip-huggers. Yeah, when they had those low-hip-hugger sort of, like, Brazilian mm -hmm. cut. Without, without a real waistband? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's wearing those. But they descend 
into flared cropped bell bottoms. <laughs> yeah, those were not flared. Those were full on bell bottoms. <laughs> they were insane. They were totally nuts. Also, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't notice the flared bell bottom part yeah. for a while, and then they pulled back, and I was just like, <gasps> I like. I've never seen bell bottom capris before. But now, now I have. Were they leather or were they like leather? They were leather jeans. They were no, leather. they were leather. They didn't have that technology oh, in the sixties. No. They were leather. It was bonkers. Yep. Every single time she came on screen, I was like, uh, we need to talk about this. Plus there was a whole bunch of different like ornamentation and stuff. She yeah. had a really fancy like knife sheath. She had and a bunch of little pouches for her witchcraft, I assume. Her wig. Oh god, her wig was so bad. Jet black hair in two very tight braids hanging down over her shoulders. They're rope braids. Oh my god. The thing is that it was that that very particular fake wig black. You know, that exact you color. Could, you could feel the texture of it yeah. by looking at it on the yeah. TV. It's like a shade of black you only see in really cheap wigs. Yeah. Oh. It was like And it makes it more obvious how cheap it was. Like Vegas. they went to the costume store, like the dollar store at Halloween, and bought yeah. like a black wig, oh, plunked yes. it on her, and braided yes. the hair. Yes, I feel like they really blew the wig budget on this episode. Yeah, and every other alien before and after this now has to have the weird white wigs. Oh my mm. god, her outfit was bananas. But I mean, yeah. she committed to that. The she didn't like. Sometimes you see the guest stars wearing like these crazy bananas costumes, and they're like, you know that they're, you can tell that they're aware of how weird the costume is. She was like, no, fuck no, this is just my clothes. Yeah, because the thing is, so she could have walked off the set onto Woodstock, and she would have been fine. I yep. think the pants were held up by like rope. I think they were just she was wearing like fitted to her. There was no real belt. In fact, the the knife sheath was just sort of stuck on her pants somehow. I think it may have been sewn to the pants. Oh my god. Because there's no belt. Because I kept looking at it going, how is that staying up? I think they were just fitted to her so closely that they were going nowhere. Yeah, the only thing they reminded me of the waistband was like early aughts, low-rise Brazil- Brazilian cut yeah, jeans. Yeah, because there was that, that trend for a while with jeans that didn't really have a waistband, yeah. so it looked like they'd fall down in any second. And they were quite low to try and make your ass look good. Stretch denim. Brazilian cut. Yeah, they were amazing. Yeah, those pants. Somebody put a lot of love, for some reason, into that costume. I'm guessing it was the creepy costume designer who, Mm. like, glue-gunned her into them. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow, flintlocks. And they sort of sneak up on them. Here's the thing. They're ambushing the blonde hill Yeah, and Kirk's first thing is like, well, I'm going to shoot them with my phaser. And Spock's Spock's like, what the hell, man? You can't use your phaser. No! Here's a question, though. If they're not, if they're specifically forbidden to use their phasers, as Spock says they are, why did you bring them down? I think it is in terms of super emergency, because they do shoot the Magatus, like, with abandon, like, yeah, right. No big deal to shoot those guys. We don't know if they're intelligent, but... Cannot use them on the civilizations. Right. Mm-hmm. So Kirk's like, fine, because he doesn't want the hill people to be uh, ambushed. And also mm-hmm. he's like, oh, that's my BFF Tyree. So he throws a rock instead, he which just... scares one of the villagers and his gun goes off alerting them. Yeah. At this point, I started calling them Daniel Boons. They did have a sort of a weird American revolutionary costume sort of no, not thing even about them. like your Davy Crockett. It was yeah. like your quasi-pioneer pirate lights. It was, I thought it was more like Pioneer backwards. Davy Crockett is actually really. Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone. Especially with the weird ankle lacings. Yeah. Yeah. Their boots are essentially just, I took all the fabric I could find 
And then I just tied a rope around it. Yeah, basically. Yes. Of course, they chase them because that's what they do. And they... They run away. <laughs> they shoot Spock. Yeah. yeah. Like, they straight up... He gets a shot through the chest. Shot through the chest! And you're so vain! No, shot through the vest, or shot through the oh. chest, and Kirk's to blame. No, Kirk, well, no. Kirk, Kirk did actually, not cause that. I'm, I'm still totally behind Kirk at the moment, because he did what he, because he's like, he doesn't want them to get, you know, ambushed with guns 1,200 years beyond their technology yeah, level. because he That's is, not fair. He is 99.999% sure that the Klingons are fucking behind this. Oh, and yes. because Kirk is always right, they are. Of yeah, course they, they are. always are. Uh, so, Spock gets shot, he bleeds green, which, again, I really like Yeah, It's like, way to keep one thing consistent. Yeah. You chose your one thing, and you did it well, and I appreciate you for that. They beam back up to the ship, where Hoor is like, battle station guys... I do want to pause and go back just a tiny bit, though, because even while he's helping Spock to his feet so they can meet up with Bones and escape, Kirk takes a second to go, your phaser, where is it? And to pick it up and grab oh, it before yeah. so that it doesn't get left behind. And that's actually pretty good foreshadowing, considering what happens later. Oh, when Kirk loses his phaser? Yes. But it's just to sort be of a fair, hint. He, to be fair, he had the whammy put on Yeah, <laughs> but it's more graceful than we've come to expect from Star Trek. They're so trying. Far. They They're are trying. trying. I appreciate it. I, I do like that that's a nice little shade of writing where we, the tr- Federation tries not to con- again, contaminate other cultures. Tries. 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 Doesn't always succeed. But anyways, they bit back up to the ship before saying battle stations because, of course, they've sighted the Klingons. Not enough evidence to say that the Klingons are interfering, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um, but apparently this was some sort of treaty between the Klingons and the Federation. That this yeah. is a hands-off planet. Mm-hmm. This probably goes back to the Organian Treaty that we saw last mm-hmm. during Trouble with Tribbles that came from the planet of descended, Ascended Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> They're the worst. And people suck. They do. So what follows next is a very nice bit. So Kirk, I like is, this a lot. Kirk is wringing his hands about, you know, what happened to Spock. Are the Klingons? Should I break the treaty? Like We also meet Dr. Mabenga. Yes. Well, we get that little bit in Sickbay where we actually meet another doctor on the Enterprise. Um, Dr. Mabenga, who is the second in command of Sickbay. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I think... Later on, he becomes something big and strictly medical. I can't remember, but um, he's got—he's in a book. He's got his own book because he served on a Vulcan ship. He did his internship, yeah, um, in a Vulcan war. I uh, okay. Says. When they brought him in, they're like, "Here's Doctor Mbenga. He specializes in Vulcan anatomy." <laughs> I was finally, like, fucking finally, somebody <laughs> on this ship who gives a good right? goddamn about Spock's anatomy. I thought Kim would like that. <laughs> Where have you been for the yeah. last? Season and a half. Well, maybe Where he was stationed on in the, the Intrepid before episode. it disappeared in the uh, Entropy Nebula. Yeah. I, I was glad he was there. <gasps> mm-hmm. So, like, back to our bed. Kirk's like, oh, I don't know. Like, flintlocks are kind of weird. At which point... I love this conversation. Everyone on the bridge, Rachekov <laughs> and Scotty, turn into, like, history buffs. They're like... Well, let's really take a look at this. I love this. Um, it's like 12 centuries of development in, like, 12 years, and... Chekhov talking, well, not all cultures develop at the same time, Captain. Just because Earth did it, did it doesn't mean that this planet will necessarily do it. In a weird bit of cultural relativism. Yeah. And, yeah. and Uhura's like, yeah, but 12 centuries in 12 years. It was actually a really Ooh, I nice this. bit 
Everyone on the staff seemed super smart and confident and offering up suggestions, which at, point, which at that point Kirk is like, shut up! Yeah. <laughs> Stop trying to rationalize my thoughts. Uh, but he has, he, and then he has a beat and he says, I'm very sorry, I'm worried about Spock. <laughs> yeah, basically. It was so Which nice. I, I really like. Because I yeah. actually get the impression that everybody was all like, let's talk about something other than Spock. Yeah. They were all like trying so hard. Yeah, it was it was awfully awfully cute. Uh, essentially, what the doctor orders is that Spock's just going to have to trust his body to repair itself because yeah. they don't have any replacement organs for Vulcans. And sure, again, yeah, you've got the well, one got... Vulcan in Starfleet. Well, I mean, in fairness, it's not like most emergency rooms just have organs sitting around. Maybe, but maybe they have access the to them, and apparently, they haven't really worked out replicators yet. Like in Next Time, where they talk about replicating organs. Haven't got that down yet. Unacceptable. Anyway, so yeah, Spock just is gonna have to chill in a coma for a while. <laughs> maybe Nimoy needed a slight vacation. And hopefully, wake. Well, maybe he hurt himself doing that awesome. I got shot, and now I fall into the ground. Oh, bit. it was a good, it was a like, great drop fall. and fall. I'm like, oh, it was very impressive. And I really liked that he had green blood front and back. So yeah, maybe it was a through and through. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I- you also got a moment when they bring him into sick bay where all the medical staff are like, wait. A firearm? Like, a projectile weapon? I really liked that. It was... There are little bits of this episode that are so good, and then there's a great chunk in the middle, which is nonsense. nonsense. Um, It's very good, because Kirk's like, McCoy, I'm going to need you. I need advice. I don't want to cause an interstellar war, but I, again, am 99.999% sure the Klingons are behind this, because, well, there's a Klingon ship orbiting the planet, but I need to get proof. Will you be my second... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And McCoy's like, oh, I would really prefer not to. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes. Yeah. He's not going to go, but I'm going to be really angry about it. Also, they get to do dress up, so I guess yep. there's that. It's yep. always fun. They do, when they get down to the planet, they're wearing their um, mm. local garb. Yes. yes. One thing I did notice that I knew was going to make Kareen happy, yes, Kirk's vest is gaping down to his navel. Yeah. Mm. Yes, got, it is. He's got the ties to do everything <laughs> yes. else. They're just sort of loosely laced. It's like a sexually undone corset. It's really noticeable, especially next to DeForest Kelly. Yes, yeah. who's laced up about as tight as you can get. He looks good, though, too. Oh, yeah, he I looks was like, fine. Oh, you, but like, you look like you unaged like 10 years. Yeah. But the other, thing, the, lighting. I, the other thing I did notice is that Kirk also has a sexy um, arm yeah, bracelet. He's yeah. got like, a strip of leather wrapped around his bicep. Yeah, that's how you know he's the boss. Yeah. Uh, they look smoking hot and they are gonna go make contact with the people which is bizarre because I thought they moved around but Kirk is like I know where he lives uh, anyways the hills they're hill people I guess Maybe I, they just wander the hills I guess Kirk does a really good motivational speech where he proceeds to like smack McCoy's boob and I laugh for days <laughs> Nothing motivates men more than having a manly slap on the old boob. Uh-huh. Does Evans. not work with females because no. Fucking ow. <laughs> Chris mm-hmm. Evans likes to hold his. He's holding and other it. People's. He's not smacking it. That's true. No, he gently fondles his and his friends. It, I suspect Look, he there's would not be a, there the are only reams one. of photographic evidence. That I've seen them. Yeah. I've seen. I'm just saying that. I think one could say that of most people. I believe Pippa has a tag devoted to it on Tumblr. Excellent. Yeah. So they get attacked by the Space Yeti, mm-hmm. which 
then the space deity eats Kirk's boob. Mm-hmm. And Bones sort of scares it off. But it was Kirk's a good been... attack. Yeah. Bones kills it. Yeah. yeah. With a phaser. Yeah. He was not supposed to use his phaser, but he did. McCoy is phaser happy in this uh, episode. He pulls out that phaser and like, he's like, the slightest I could, provocation. I could use a phaser here. Okay. Need a haircut? Phaser. I think it was more like, I'm going to fix this situation as expediently as possible and fuck everything else. I, I, but I'd like to think about it as a technology, it is a technology that they depend on. It's the same yeah. thing like us and our phones. Like yeah. if someone asked me in a situation, okay, we're well, going to a foreign country and you can't use your phone to navigate, you'd be like, okay, but why? Oh, but let me just pull it out and take a look to make sure I'm not headed into like a pit. No, you yeah. just grab your local tourist magazine that's full Yeah, of but it wouldn't be most people's first impulse. Like, yeah, you get there eventually, but your impulse is to reach for your phone. Because it's the easiest and most Because it's the easiest way that you, you do reflexively. So, I mean, you have to you... imagine that this is what they're trained yeah. to do. But I would like to think that when McCoy was reaching for his phaser, he looked down at the outfit that he was wearing going, oh, yeah, right, 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 right. I remember why I'm here. Anyways, yeah. he straight up kills, kills, kills a creature here. And it's such a good costume on the creature. It, it is. It actually. is. It's, it's a very good mobile. monster costume. And Kirk is poison. Mm-hmm. Oh, because no. they have poison fangs. They have, these are the worst creatures. Like, the worst. I feel like the villagers would be, like, more worried and more armed. They have bows and arrows. And they carry them around all the time. And knives. Mm-hmm. I guess, but you have to be awfully close to do a knife. Well, it's not like it doesn't give you plenty of warning. It does have a it terrible shattering tree. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. So McCoy finds one of the people and is like, you have to take him to Tyree. Like, someone will be And able- they just stand there staring like idiots. Okay, yeah. This there is, weird. like, the guy just stares at him for what felt like five minutes. Like, you have to help him. He's poisoned. I need to find Tyree. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah. Um, the side note here is that they do try calling the Enterprise, but Scotty has taken it away from the planet to hide from the Klingons. Right. Yes. Which, which is, is what he told him to yeah, do. I guess. He also says the word rendezvous, which is so funny. <laughs> you don't like the word rendezvous? <laughs> so dumb. I, there's something about it that just grates me the wrong way. So you don't like the song Rendezvous? No. Rendezvous, then I'm through with you? Who sings that? Um... Rendezvous and I'm through. No, that's I not. swallow my pride. I could choke uh, on everything. Uh, I, I hate that song. Yeah, you're right. Inside. I'm I'm going with my first my first feeling on that, which is I do not like that song. Uh-huh, okay. Anyways, yeah. So they're carrying him very ineffectively, like Jesus in a bottom yeah. basement church production of JC <laughs> Superstar. His like neck and arms are just kind of flapping around. They're just kind of. St- kind of holding him by the torso but that cannot be medically sound no they go into the camp of the bad children of the corn Mm -hmm. and try to find tyree like where is he do you guys know how to like cure this and i feel like the society as a whole would have like hopefully figured out and shared this because it doesn't seem like it's a rare occurrence for these weird monsters to show up and they come right up to the camp yeah and like there is a cure we watch kirk get cured by the cure. Okay, question though. Is the cure just the plant? The like wiggle jiggle plant? I think so, yes. Or is it the sexy orgasmic dancing and drum? I think it's, it's the wiggle jiggle plant, but they think that the, the sexy dancing helps. Which because I also like, assume is why they don't have the cure because the wiggle plant. No, the witch people have Kanutu have Kanutu. specifically kept it to themselves so they could maintain this mystique and power over people. But, like, when he comes to, though, Kirk's like, ah, yes, she used the wiggle plant. 
Yeah, so it's obvious that a lot of people know, but why wouldn't everyone be like because they think that? it requires magic powers? Well, and that's the thing, because like what we see is we see her press it into his flesh, and like she cuts her hand first before she does it. But when she comes away, her hand is healed too, because we can assume that maybe the pressure is what heals it, because her wound is gone too. Yeah, we just don't know how that works. So, anyways, they have to go find Tyree. Where's Tyree having a time? With his sexy new wife, who is a Kanutu woman, um, if you're looking for your analogy, here's Eve, which I think I'm going to just start calling her that. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Because she wants that sexy knowledge and she wants them fire sticks. Yep. yep. So bad. She wants to use those fire sticks to take the other people's houses and their goods, and she has apparently cast a spell of sex all over this guy. Slash drugged him with native plants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite part was like, um, where she, he said, he actually says to her, I only married you because you cast a spell on me. Yeah. And she's like, you remember the night of madness? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I sexed you good. And I actually find this really interesting because it's sort of, it's sort of like druidic almost that it doesn't matter whether she has powers or not. People think that she does. People think that her people have magic powers. Well, in a way, they do, because well, she, she certainly has influence. Uses magic on him to get him to have sex with her, and then I suspect marry him. Does he actually like her? Do we know? I don't. I think he. I think he did what so many men do, which is got sexed up, had to marry her, and is trying to make the best of it. Yeah. So yeah, at the beginning, where she, where he's like, "Oh, you cast a spell on me," I was like, "Oh, isn't that cute?" Like they have a Except funny no. kind of like joking relationship. Then I was like. Oh, wait. No, she's drugging him. She's yeah. like rubbing a sex plant yes. all over him. Yep. This is like a bottle of horny. Like, it, yes. Yeah. And the, the dialogue they have here, I was like, holy, this is Reescape for TV. She's like, oh, and you're my big, huge, angry man, and I'm, I'm going to take you. And I was like, I am very uncomfortable watching this. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then his second-in-command, like, cock-blocks him and is like, hey, there's some strangers. Yeah. He's like... They uh, say they know you. Yes. And she's interested because she's heard about Kirk. Yeah. She's like, oh, your buddy. I've heard of this guy. Yeah. What she says is, oh, that one. Yeah. So she's obviously interested because she scampers into the village going to the cave of wonders not a euphemism where they have stashed kirk under a whole bunch of furs apparently not enough furs because mccoy feels the need to use his phaser to heat up some rocks if it screw the non-interference in the middle of a primitive village that you're trying not to corrupt how do you think the people are going to take when they come in going why is it so hot in this cave which are traditionally very cold and damp why are these rocks on fire (laughs) why yes (laughs) normally not a very combustible thing rocks no again why not just keep him outside if keeping him warm was a priority although i have to say i did get a little bit happy here because i was like it's just the first time they heat up rocks with a (laughs) face yay i I think it might be the Second, it might be the second one, but yeah. I'm like, not the last. Not the I'm last. like, I love this part. I love when they heat up stuff with a phaser. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Eve takes a look at this and is like, oh, I'm going to need at least 25 of those little things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she is a, she's some combination of Eve and the snake because she's like, okay, so I will heal him for sure, but there are some conditions here is that 
lovely husband, you tell me all the big secrets about Kirk. And he's like, oh, no, I can't do that. I promised. Yeah, I won't cure him and he'll die. Like, so what she I says won't. is, I can't. She says bullshit. The, the, that her healing requires bullshit. 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 She may even believe it. No. She does believe she has magic powers. She's manipulating this. I actually wrote in my notes, she's so schemy. She's very schemy, but I do think she does believe she has powers. That's very kind of you to think that, Ari, but 100% for sure. She's like, no, I wanted to know this. Or maybe not on this bit. Because I hate secrets. But I 100% think that she does think she has magic. That's because she does have magic. Hmm. She forces people. manipulation. Yes. And she has magic herbs that make people do things that they... Okay, we're using a different definition of the word magic, I think. Yes. But anyway, yeah, so she's like, tell me all the secrets. So he does, because he doesn't want Kirk to die. And Tyree is such a sweet man. Yeah. I I felt so bad for him, because I'm like, stupid. You were being outmaneuvered by everyone. On every side. And you don't even know it. Nope. So he just he just wants to do good. He does. Yeah. He likes his sexy, sexy, sexy wife. I guess question mark. <laughs> well, what she says is he likes men, not killing people. Well, she gives yeah. a little sort of like uh, I am a Kanutu woman. Men seek us because through us they become great. Because apparently, men by themselves have no ambition in this society to be bosses, hmm. which is. Probably why they're getting killed off. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, it's probably why the Klingons picked the village people to give the fire sticks to. I also feel this is a weird kind of, like, snake lady thing where they're like, oh, women ruin everything when they try to get involved in politics. Yeah, it was very much, she was very much the evil woman corrupting everything around her. She's the snake. She is the snake. And I I hated that. I also did not like her. Yeah, because there's definitely parts where I'm like, okay, but she has a point. Yeah. Like, assuming she's not just trying to kill everyone, assuming her scheming she thinks is for the good, which I actually think there is evidence to support. No, I don't think she wants the good of the hill people because the first thing she does when she gets that phaser is runs off and tries to sell it to the villagers. I think she was planning on killing their leader with it. I don't think she was going to hand it over. I think she was banking on the phaser being scary enough to get them to do what she said so that she could get close enough to kill him. Oh, strong disagree, and I would like your evidence from the text. We'll come back. We'll we'll talk about this when we get there, because mm-hmm. we have to keep moving. Why am I the one saying this? My God, why am I putting us back on track? Anyway. Anyways, she does some kind of orgasmic dancing and gyrating with moaning acting. and nipple slapping. Oh, and man, now I'm imagining the Patrick Stewart acting. Yes, it was a lot of acting. I'm going to put a question mark at the end of that statement. My favorite part of this bit was that Tyree just sort of sits there banging a drum rhythmically to her wiggling. But he also, my problem is, is that I don't think he's ever seen this before, is that he knows when to, like, do the drum solo part. Yep. Because it's just, you know, like, steady beat, steady beat, and drum solo. (laughs) (laughs) They have a secret symbol worked out, like, between the two, there's a little gesture that they do. Okay, honey, like, bongo hard at this point. (laughs) Not a euphemism. And so there is some kind of weird stuff at the end, which is like, your pain. Again, it is very sexualized. Your pain is mine and your soul and mine together. It's joined as one. Lots of chanting of together, together. Yeah, it is 
deeply unsexy. It really oh, yeah. is. And Especially Bones, with her wig. Bones sits there the whole time going, well, this is complete bullshit. Look but at all this bullshit. It works. But it does work. The, he, Kirk is miraculously healed. And Nona is tired, so Ty- Tyree takes her off. And Bones is like, what the fuck just happened? She's like, oh, our souls have been together? He is mine He is now. mine. And Bones is like, what the hell do you mean he is mine? And Tyree tries to like... Like, oh, well, supposedly when this sort of thing happens between a man and a woman, he can refuse her nothing. But don't worry, it's only a legend. And then you get, you're left with, like, the, or is it shot? Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. So uh, they're talking about, oh, just your average local witch people. As if everyone yeah. has local witch people that yeah. just kind this of This is after Bones wakes up in the middle of the night and finds Kirk has sleepwalked over to her. Yes, he has. They're snuggling. <laughs> They're spooning. It's weird. Well, no, no he's Jen- sitting on the edge of the bed. He's leaning over her. It's, She's asleep. It makes no sense. No, it's, it's never really weird. come back to. No. Weird. Because every other thing we have where she claims to be controlling people, it's just like she takes advantage of a situation to make it look like she's controlling people. There's like literally parts where she That's walks it. up to Kirk and is like, I'm currently controlling you. Yeah. <sighs> so they... They proceed to have a man conversation, just kind of, like, talk over her as if she is a blanket. Tyree just wants to hug his friend. Yeah. And it's it's very, very sad. Like, they, they're trying to figure out, are there Klingons? Like, hey, how's it been with all those guns? It's not been good. It's yeah. Been and good. she gets all excited because Kirk's like, no, look, we need to talk about these guns that appeared apparently from nowhere. And she's like, yes, excellent. You should give us a hundred. Yes. So that we can take over. Yeah. And Tyree's like, everybody needs to chill. And Kirk says, again, this is where the arms race thing comes in. Our weapons grew, talking about Earth, our weapons grew faster than our wisdom and we almost destroyed ourselves. Yeah, because she straight out asks him, can you give us weapons? And Kirk's like, no, and here's why. She, with absolute disdain, spits out, some men never grow, which I feel like was like some kind of penis joke slam. No, it was about men who are like, it's in a state of perpetual childhood. Mm-hmm. Or flaccidity. Mm. Um, I think my favorite bit here was that she was, um, she actually says to Kirk, there's a custom among my people <laughs> that when a woman has saved a man, he's grateful. <laughs> she was a beautiful burn. <laughs> she's pretty great. Like, yeah. I think I, I think I would like the episode better if there had been another woman who wasn't a snake, mm-hmm. yeah. and also if she had a bit of wig. Well, she's playing the whole dichotomy. She's playing everything in she, this episode. She's like, she's the voice of reason, and she's the snake, and she's the temptress, and she's the fool who tries to do, you know, to, and she's the forbidden fruit of someone else's wife. Like, yes, yeah. she's literally. Although everything. I personally don't count her as that, since she, that since she initiated it herself. Specifically to manipulate her husband. There is that scene when she is like sex planting Kirk up and Tyree comes around with a gun where I'm like, oh my god, this is the exact same scene as Pocahontas. <laughs> like Pocahontas the Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That's just, oh my god. Oh my god. Awkward. Oh my god. And I was like, oh my god, it's going to happen. He's going to have to kill Tyree. But um. during this sort of, they sort of <laughs> sit down and drink like hill people coffee, I guess, yeah, around sure. a table. And Tyree basically confirms that well, we don't know about any Klingons, but the uh, the the linens they're making, the guns themselves, we've seen them doing it. They're building them themselves. Yeah. So and they Kirk's, do a field trip. Yeah, Kirk wants to have a field trip, but field they actually, trip. they have a couple more conversations. There's, 
Here's some of my evidence. Okay, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We've, we need to talk very, very briefly about very. what's going on on the ship. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spock is sick. Chapel is worried about him. She's making, He's getting better. She's making a fool out of herself again. And Mabenga, yeah. Dr. Mabenga calls her on it. And then he says to her, you need to sit here and watch Spock. I gotta go take a break. If Spock wakes up, do whatever he tells you. And I, she's just like... What the okay. fuck does that mean? I feel like he could have given more of a heads up. Yes, yeah. but still, it was lots of fun later. Okay, back to the planet. Yeah, so this is part of my evidence for why I actually don't think she was planning on betraying them, because she gets genuinely upset when Kirk's like, no, we can't give you, we have rules, we can't give you weapons, here are the reasons. And she's like, so you must let them kill us? We should just sit here and let them kill us? We have to die because of your principles? And she seems very much on the Hill People's side. She thinks they're stupid and they should just do what she says and everyone would be better off. But, like, she's genuinely angry. She's like, you are bad friends and you are a bad husband. Yeah. They are bad friends. I do not think that is because she likes him. I think it's because that's her husband and she wants him to win because she wants all the power. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that would just be a happy side benefit. But this is is the the hill she is on. No. Literally the hill. (laughs) Yeah, no, she's just... But, yeah, him and his wife have this conversation where she's like, you you will let them kill us. And Tyree's like, well, I'm not going to kill people. Fight or die mm-hmm. is dying better. Yeah. And this is where I wrote, she's actually making good points. I think, again, this might be a little... I think this is maybe where your Vietnam metaphor is, mm-hmm. that about pacifism and how pacifism is actually... destructive and that if people are fighting not a proactive solution yeah i feel like this is the the, this is maybe where more of the vietnam stuff was Mm -hmm. because again we know that star trek has a bit of a hate on for pacifism uh yeah remember the organian episode where they're where like they're gonna kill you and the organian's like yeah we're good it's easy to be pacifist when you're completely invulnerable to harm yes and this this i think is a situation that is a little bit more real. Yeah. And that they are being hunted. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they kill the men and sell the women into slavery. Yeah. Um, so this is a real threat. And they are choosing not to fight. And she's getting very reasonably upset about this because she's not from their culture. She's from a different culture. Well, she says fighting or dying. Is dying better? Yeah. Is dying better. She makes excellent points. That's because So we actually get, again, we get this whole spectrum. We get the utter, utter pacifism of the Hill people. We get, we get the Federation people who are like, well, I mean, we aren't allowed to interfere, but I kind of see both sides because both Bones and Kirk argue for parts of both sides during this episode for, you know, not all at war, but also not just sitting there and let people cut your head off. Whereas Nona's like, fuck this. They're killing us. We have to kill them back. Mm. So, you know. I actually think this episode does a really good job of presenting all the arguments, even though it has no actual solution for anything. No. They do a field trip to the village people. Sneaky field trip. (laughs) Village people. Where is many ballet leaps? Mm -hmm. Of course there is a Klingon Mm -hmm. there who is... Conspiring. Conspiring with a guy with a tragical mustache. Talking about divvying up the women. Uh, Mm -hmm. Also, at one point on this field trip, Bones sums up the part of the episode... Where he basically says, literally word for word, killing is stupid and useless. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But according to the village person, he's like, 
killing is great. You were totally right, Klingon friends. So much easier than trading. Yep. Oh my gosh, much more rewards. So great. They break into a blacksmithy shop, and I think once they've reached the like point of the blacksmith, like it's too late, guys. Well, the really interesting thing about this is that the conversation that Klingon has with the boss of the linens is they're not just handing them guns. They're teaching them the entire progression of the history of the technology of guns. Yeah. Because this is like the fourth version of the gun that they've had. step by step. Step by step. Because they want them to understand the fundamentals of killing your neighbors. And it's like, the the Klingons didn't just walk in and be like, here's a phaser. He's like, they're bringing it to them incrementally. He's like, next time I'm going to bring you a bigger barrel. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And this guy is like, thrilled like what was my life before killing i don't remember all i am right now is about the kill yep this is a village of psychopaths Mm -hmm. for sure um and of course they get caught because mccoy just cannot stop scanning things yeah because they go through the forge and they're like people's exhibit a people's exhibit b like they're gonna take this to the federation as proof the klingons broke the treaty of course and then of course they a klingon shows up and they're Mm. like zoinks yep uh they go back to the village where kirk is like well he does the training montage from mulan about how i'll make a man out of you trying to teach the village people how to shoot and he has a little sort of a come to jesus moment with tyree he's like look for real though you might have to fight it's great, because as he's teaching them to shoot, shoot, McCoy's like, could we have a private moment in the Cave of Wonder? Yeah. Kirk's like, yeah, fine, just, you know, continue shooting. And we go to the cave, and McCoy's like, are you out of your goddamn mind? Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? And here's where they kind of break down the arguments, they have a big talk, Kirk is very yelly and McCoy's like essentially you're damning them to a war without end. Isn't it bad enough there are already serpents and you just want to give them more. And at one point Bones is like, is she actually mind controlling you that you're acting this stupid? (laughs) And he's kidding. But like, yeah. Um, And Kirk's basically like, well, the knowledge is out there. We can't take the knowledge out of this society or the other society. We have to equalize things or they'll just slaughter the hill people. And McCoy McCoy rightly says, Tyree is not going to get this. He is not. And since Tyree won't fight, he is going to be the first one to die. How do you feel about that? They also do a brief sort of side reference to a fictional uh, 20th century earth war that i don't remember ever being referenced before or since but no but you know what it sure reminded me of all the current wars in the middle east yeah um, so they call it the 20th century brush wars yeah, yeah. but kirk says An argument over a hairbrush yeah sure <laughs> that escalated wildly <laughs> and kirk says a balance of power is the only way to preserve both sides and bones is like fine but your friend tyree is never going to understand that and kirk's like no but his wife will so let me go corner his wife alone where she is sexy bathing. This is super appropriate. And we're going to just put a pin in sexy bathing to go back to Chapel and Spock. <laughs> yes, and one of yes. my favorite parts of the episode where Spock wakes up, sees Chapel, and goes, slap me. <laughs> this is some kinky, sh- kinky shit that goes to Yeah, and Chapel is just like, I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Or I'll die. Or I'll die. (laughs) She walks up to him and just like gives him a love tap. Like, (laughs) 
Like, just a little slap on the face. I don't remember this particular Vulcan healing method ever being referenced nope, again to you. No, this no. is for sure Spock's particular king. <laughs> yeah. So she sort of gently taps him on the face and he's just like, harder. Yeah. yeah We've both right seen there. Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> yes. so this was very much that. Yeah, and so she just starts wailing on him and then... For no reason. No reason no. at all. Scotty comes into sick bay and pulls Chapel off with like, What are you doing? What are you doing, woman? And then Mabenga comes in and is like, to Scotty, what are you doing? And then just goes over and starts wailing on Spock. It is and then Spock's a like, weird thanks, bit. I'm good. It is a weird So weird. Bit. It was amazing though. It's Bizarresville. So weird. Because they're like, oh yeah, this is perfectly natural. They need to shock to their system in order to heal. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I'm completely down with Spock, like, slipping into a meditative trance to, like, fine, heal fine. himself. But, like, yeah. it should take more than three hours and it shouldn't end with, like, some BDSM. Oh, and then he's perfectly For fine. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And this is never used again. He just, you know, meditated his way out of a bullet hole. <laughs> Sure, amazing. we all tried hard enough. I'm sure aliens. That section was just amazing. So weird. Okay, and back to inappropriate. So this sexualized is one behavior. of those times yeah. where Kirk walks up to Nona with who like, is bathing yeah. in a sexy waterfall with all her clothes on. Um, no, she takes her top off. Yeah, she's she's got it. Well, she's yeah, she's like topless washing or whatever. She sees Kirk, so she like like she's running around on that set without a shirt on. This was like. Shocking! It is yeah. shocking. Belly button and boot. Like you don't have to see shocked. her boobs, but you know she's topless, and you know they're there. Yes, they're there, just waiting. I think they were probably there before, but yeah. they were really nice. But Kirk too. like walks up to her. I all... couldn't tell over all that orange fur. You mean you did nice Like there's literally a point where they do a shot down her shirt. Like they're filming from like here, and you can see her like the top of her breast and her cleavage. Can you imagine the conversation that the director would have to have? Okay, honey, like just sit right there, and we're gonna bring the camera like. Just like to make sure that your boobs are. You still said it there. yourself, Kareem. They got a new producer who. This is tits in space. That's true. Gene Kuhn was did this episode. That was. A producer, oh, okay. Never mind that. I, I don't know whether that falls the ones that were actually. Yeah. It, it, it's weird. This yeah. is. I know Star Trek in the past has been titillating. I would say this is the one where I felt like it was like straight. It was up, uncomfortable. Like the sexy, like oh, uh, 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 yeah, when she's healing him, and I was like, wow, that is yeah. But yeah, that she's, is a line she's actually crossed. like running around topless on set on this. She is. It was. She it was, absolutely is. I mean, it's very weird. From like a high waisted pants and belly button flowers to like yeah. boobs of flapping, it was a little shocking. Mm-hmm. Again, I felt like she was supposed to be some kind of hippie equivalent. So like, I don't know, yeah. some kind of weird social commentary about that that I don't necessarily want to get into. Anyways, she is like, oh, okay, we need to put some like sex plants all over you. Well, yeah, because he walks up all like, okay, I have to talk to you about business things. And she's like, oh, how nice. You answer my mind control call. And he's like, sorry, what? Yeah, yes. she's like, I summoned you. It's like, uh, yeah, no, I came here of my own volition. She's like, oh, well, they always think that. And as far as I know, she's right. And then she she's runs mind control witch. plants all over And him. he's, there's a great moment. So he's like, oh, business, uh a business she's like, mm, like, smell this plant, like, really huff that up. <laughs> and finally, he has this very weird moment where he says, you're beautiful! Like, he's surprised and shocked. <laughs> it is a weird surprise. You're beautiful! And she's like, mm-hmm. They share a 
very unpleasant looking kiss. Yeah. Uh, Shatner looks like a very aggressive stage kisser. I don't know whether that's true, but he's like all arms and like neck grabs and you're not got a lot of like dexterity in the neck Was department. it supposed to be excessive passion from the sex plant? I think so, yeah. Because he's so distracted, he doesn't notice the space yeti later. And also the fact that his friend is coming up to be like, Hey, about this gun, Kirk! Oh, At this point, it is exactly the scene in Pocahontas. Here's the thing where I stopped... Well, I lost all respect for Tyree. Because (gasps) he sees this happening. He sees not just the kiss, but he sees, like, the two minutes before it where she is drugging him with a plant. And to maintain my respect, what he would have had to do would would go, Oh, shit. That's how she controlled me. That's how she's been manipulating me all this time. But instead, what he does is raise the gun and point it at Kirk. He's angry. His yeah, he's angry. His reaction is anger. And when you give people guns plus anger, oh, well, yes. they're going to use guns. That argument I have no problem with. But, you know, two seconds of consideration going, wait a minute. I shouldn't be mad at Kirk. I should be mad at Nona. I mean, he might be mad at Nona. Maybe that's who's pointing he's the gun at. both of them. He has a moment of anger. And in his anger... Regis used the gun, is disgusted with himself. Yeah, yeah that part I really like. I like that. I love yes. this moment yeah. because he realizes what the gun represents mm-hmm. is a very permanent solution to sometimes temporary problems. Yeah. Yep. And throws the gun down and runs away like, I can't, I cannot. Yeah. Thankfully, Enter the Space Yeti. Yes. Thankfully, they are interrupted by the Space Yeti, but unfortunately, Kirk is too Twitter-pated to care. Yep. He just wants to make out. He doesn't really care about the space yeti. Yeah, she doesn't, like, run. She rolls around on the ground screaming, and I actually started yelling at the screen, you have a knife. Yeah. She mostly just kind of sexual, sexually writhes. Yeah, she writhes. She's just kind of, like, rolling to the side (sighs) of her legs, and, like, her toes are pointed. It's very weird. Uh, But fortunately, Kirk snaps out of it to kill it with a phaser. Yes, thank God. And she's like... Oh, where you been hiding that a whole time? So she takes it, hits him on the head with a rock. <laughs> a because plus. you can't fault her for having her eye on the prize. Yep. She has been motivated this entire time, and then she goes to start some shit. Yeah. Yeah, she steals that phaser. She runs off, off, finds a party of linens, and demands to be taken to their boss. Now she says, I have a weapon that will make you, you know... That will make you all powerful. It's much better than these crappy flintlocks that you have. But they're like, mm, actually, no. In fact, we'd rather just sexually assault you. Yeah. Which is now. Awful. I I don't. Uh-huh. This isn't. I don't mean this is victim blaming. But Nona, before you enacted this plan, do you think maybe you should have practiced with the wildly advanced space weapon? So was it that she just didn't? She didn't couldn't get know how to use it. She didn't know how to use it. She couldn't use it because it was locked. Yeah. Or she just they got they were on her too fast and she didn't. She have couldn't use it because you get three or four close up shots with her fingers like scrambling and trying different things. And at least the toy version, the like based on the prop version that I have, it does have a lock. Mm. So, I really enjoyed this because she explains it as this small box will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> at which point the linens laugh and laugh and laugh and turn into like necking vampires because they all come out her from yeah, behind. And start, this like, was gross. Her like seventy five. This went on levels. for ages. This was yeah. Way too long. And this way too was long. just like and a, there's like there's like five guys here and yeah. they're all like leering and attacking her. It was very and awful. The leader even like plants the most awful looking kiss on her. It's oh. horrible. Uh, I hope she, I, I at this point I didn't know I didn't remember the episode so I hoped that she killed all of them. No, no, 
But no, because... She gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She gets stabbed. Because the hill people come after her. And thus starts gang war. Yeah, and they're like, oh, the witch lied to us. Stab her and run away. Tyree beans a guy with Oh, Tyree a loses it. Um, in a very keen and able yeah. moment. And... Then they kill a bunch of them. And that's that, because once you go down that road, there's very War little chance initiated. of going back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kirk, at one point, does stop Tyree from beating someone. No, he's dead. Yeah, he hit Kirk, him with a... He, he is dead, but Kirk pulls him off yeah. after. Doesn't and matter. He's dead. He yeah. just keeps trying to bean this guy in the head with a rock. There's nothing left to crush Tyree. There is got nothing him. left. There's a very sad part of this, is that everyone goes, like, rushing into the melee. McCoy kind of... Bones his face. What I can only describe as a relaxed amble walks over to Nona's body, checks her pulse, she's dead, and then stands up and takes a look around at all these men killing each other for essentially nothing, and looks so, so tired. The music here was also very effective, because it starts out with this sort of like, okay, let's fight music, and as it goes on, and it's sort of the initial frenzy dies down, but they're still like killing each other, like they're getting used to it, and you see Bones' face and him looking around, and the music goes minor and a little slower and it's like oh this is what it's like now yeah it's really sad it is sad because at the end they're like well it's what had to be a guess and kirk orders up to well, bones, the ship yeah and says we'll have a hundred flintlocks a hundred serpents for the garden of eden mm-hmm. and scotty bradley like, responds says sorry what yeah <laughs> and they just Go home. Yeah. Because there's nothing else you can do. No, this is, uh, depressing. Yep. It was a very depressing ending. Also, they don't address this, but possibly rising interstellar war, because they definitely have proof the Klingons broke the treaty. I'm sure it will be followed up on in next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is a a war with the Klingons at at one point. Can't be too far in the future from now. Yeah, I guess. Anyways, uh, life lesson to take away from this cam. Uh, World peace is a myth. Oh, Kim. Jeez. I know. I'm being cynical tonight. I'm sorry, the dog is snoring. This is really <laughs> funny. Oh, sorry, pig. Oh, she doesn't care. No, she's asleep. Are your life lesson from this? Oh, guns are bad. I think that really is the overall message of yeah. this. Yeah. Guns are bad, and if you put guns into the hands of people, they're likely to use them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... That's the whole, like, the whole thing I was left thinking about after this episode is, like, you talk about, like, non-escalation, you talk about, like, nuclear disarmament and all that kind of stuff, but is it ever actually really going to be possible? Can the entire world ever get together and say, okay, we are never, ever going to create these weapons again, we are going to destroy them all? Well, the thing here, I, I actually kind of want to, I want to contest that a little bit, because the argument in this episode isn't just about like having the tools to do something it's having about crossing that line between i will not kill another person and it is acceptable for me to kill another person for insert reason here and that is what finally happens at the climax of this episode is tyree finally gets taken on to the other side of the line and he happens to have an incredibly convenient tool that makes it easier for him to carry out his new worldview hmm well, like, guns thing, in this are sort of symbolic. But the thing that got me about this episode, though, is that Tyree never actually uses a gun to kill anybody. He no. kills somebody with a rock. That's yeah. something that he could have done any time. 
but the yeah. you know it's it's like a philosophical shift i feel like it also is saying something about humanity is that conflict and quite frankly murder are inevitable which is depressing which is depressing because tyree who is the sweetest of all individuals he doesn't shoot any of the people he murders him with a rock yeah. biblical style yep. yeah and then sends his second in command to go off and kill the rest of them and then then the conflict starts I, I don't know whether these two civilizations would have never come into conflict. I feel like it was almost unfortunately inevitable. But they certainly sped it up by oh, 12 centuries. Mm-hmm. By I, giving one the advantage yeah. of the other. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we don't really have enough information about what they were like, other than they were peaceful beforehand. But I'm thinking, well, I'm sure, I feel like Kirk was probably putting his own, like, social bias on these people like they can't really have been complete without conflict because that's crazy but i'm thinking about like the roman empire entering the british isles it's like this is a huge technological difference and it immediately ignited conflict yeah like not just between romans and the conquered but between the people who were being conquered well if there's a disparity of power yeah right is that the oppressor is going to oppress yeah and insert like just introducing that power imbalance and that is i guess fundamentally what this episode is about is that what creates conflict is imbalances of power yeah and people taking advantage of it i'm going to give you my life lesson which is never compare anything to the garden of eden that is probably wise <laughs> you know as soon as an episode starts with gee this is a real garden of eden it always goes she's gonna go south fast yeah. the other thing is this is like our second eden metaphor yes, like explicit third, eden metaphor third what was the set well i can think of oompa loompas oompa loompas that's the only one other one i can think yeah, of yeah that's the only one i can the orange yeah. people. The orange people. With the, with the women oh, who have no sex. The, yeah. yeah. Kirk, the ends with like, Snake Kirk's monster. like, I've destroyed your god. Go have sex. There was yeah. also the other planet that they went to, like the shore leave planet. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, are your counts? Uh, four ladies, three people of color. Your count, Kim? Um, we have two people dead, which is the villager that uh, Tyree beat to death, plus his wife, mm-hmm. or Nuna. Um, two... Yeti monsters <laughs> and uh, one civilization's innocence. <laughs> uh, performance of the episode, Ari. Um, I'm going to give it to what is her name? Nancy. Is it Nancy Kovac? Kovac. Yeah, Kovac. Kovac. It's one of those names. I'm not sure if it's a hard cut or a ch. Um, who played Nona? Because she really was fucking committed to that role. She was also like in every '60s television show. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, um, she's like I dream of Jeannie and Bewitch. She was like Samantha's rival, like Darren's ex girlfriend. None of those words mean anything to me. <laughs> well, I know what I mean. Okay, that's cool. Uh, Kim performance of the episode. Um, I'm she was the do... Emmy winner. Sorry. Oh, that's good. For Mannix. Okay, okay, carry on. Don't know what that is, but for okay. Sure. Um, I'm going to give a split vote Ooh. performance of the episode to the actor who played Doctor Mumbanga <laughs> for existing because <laughs> he was delightful. And to the actor who played Tyree for giving actually Aww. a very beautiful performance. He did have a good performance. Mm. He had a lot, like, you really felt for him. Yeah. You understood, like, his mindset, like, the position that he was in. He put all those emotions right up on his face. Oh, yeah. He did a really, like, the woman who, Nancy, what's her Nancy, face? Nancy uh, Kovac. Yeah. She had a, like, a romping good time on oh, that. Yeah. Oh, and she was, yeah. She was having a great time, but I think he did really good things with his face, which is why I'm voting for him. So that was uh, Michael Whitney as Tyree and Brooker Bradshaw as Dr. Mimbega. I feel like Michael Whitney was 
in everything. Yeah. Well, like, I'm looking at Nancy Kobach's profile. It's like, she was way, she way outclassed Star Trek at the time. Like, she was on Bewitch. She was on I Dream of Genie. She was on The Man from Uncle and Get Smart and The Invaders and Family Affair. And Yeah, but everyone worked Jason and the Argonauts. She was the High Priestess Medea. Right? Yeah. It was like, wow. Corrine, your performance of the episode? Uh. Oh my god, he was married to Twiggy. <gasps> really? Oh, wow. In 1974, Whitney, who played Tyree, was married to supermodel and singer Twiggy. Oh, oh wait, in the film. Oh. Oh, no, wait. They married three years later, and they produced a daughter, Carly. Holy crap. Holy crap. He died at the age of 52. Oh. He married Twiggy. He did well. He did wow. very well. He gave a really good performance, Briefly. and then he married Twiggy. Like, damn, sir. Wow. A plus. Damn, sir. Um, I'm giving the performance of the episode to DeForest Kelly, who I Ooh. felt like was the heart, the voice of heart, and the voice of... I guess hope is that we could strive for a little bit better. And also hopelessness. Yeah, and hopelessness. That violence is not maybe the solution, but the answer. Well, I think we can all agree that it's better that if you really want to kill someone, you can't do it with no effort at all. Yeah, or if you want to kill someone, like... Or just, you know, don't. Just knit. Just knit. Sew yourself another nice leather vest. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree that it's better that if you really want to kill someone, you can't do it with no effort at all. Yeah. Or if you want to kill someone, like... Or just, you know, don't. Knit. Just yeah. knit. Just knit. Sew yourself another nice leather vest. Yeah. <laughs>